You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. Tom, how's it going, buddy? I was on mute then. Ah, <laughs> way to go. <laughs> oh, we haven't been doing this show for 10 this, seconds, and you've already fucked it up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I'm okay. I've got a cold. I know what, there's going to be no what, what kind of cold? What, what kind of cold is this? This is sniffles? Just, you know. No. Yeah, blowing my nose. Nice. Well, I'm oh, glad that's the only thing you're blowing. <laughs> 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 I'm just yeah. messing with you. Holy shit. Okay, well, uh, I got a couple of stories. And we have a, a guest on uh, who was on a couple of weeks ago, but unfortunately, uh, we had an issue with the audio. And uh, so we had to kind of come back. So he's back on. He'll be on the full hour, but uh, we'll introduce him in a second. So, so anyway, let me get to some business real quick on some things I got coming up. I got so much coming up at the gym, uh, but I got to make sure I promote it just because that's what I do. So, um, first of all, you know, you can listen to Hamilton Radio. Uh, and for Primal Radio, you can uh, hear us on Saturday nights, 9 p.m. UK time, 9 p.m. New York time. You can hear us on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Sonos, SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa. In the future, Stitcher still a problem, Tom, right? Uh, yeah, that'll be coming. Good I actually haven't chased that up this week. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's a big – and you're going away, so that might not be done for a while. Um, but anyway – Upcoming events at the gym. I got a ton of things. The June 30th uh, June Bug Memorial has to be put off for unforeseen circumstances, out of our control. So we're going to come up with a later date, do it in the fall. Maybe we're doing it down at the um, down at the um, Showboat in Atlantic City. That that is left to, yet to be determined. But okay, here we go. Here's the list, Tommy. Ready for the list? June 16th, I will be doing a CQC uh, JKD seminar with Mick Thornton. We're only charging 30 bucks. It's dirt cheap. About four hours, five hours of training. There'll be philosophy. Talked about empty hand stuff, uh, hand stick knife gun. JKD, a lot of Wednesday night group in the Chinatown stuff. So wherever it takes off, whoever goes, we'll kind of, it'll be a living, breathing thing. There's no real set agenda. And uh, so we'll just kind of shoot from the hip there. But it'll be excellent. So I've been doing that for years. I make notes and don't follow them. July 7th, we have a blood drive at the gym. For the Miller Keystone Center, uh, and um, so I believe that's from 11 to 3 o'clock. Um, any money donations will go to End the Backlog and Providence, uh, Providence House Domestic Violence Shelter. Uh, so it's a good cause. So come on out, uh, you know, and give blood at Primal Gym at 3 Nami Lane, Hamilton, New Jersey. Okay, July 14th, the Billy Robinson Classic uh, Wrestling Catch Wrestling Tournament. Uh, it's a live catch wrestling tournament. It's the best of three falls. Um there's no, uh, there is no points awarded, so you're fighting three five-minute rounds. Great uh, uh, way to uh, you know, present your skill. July 14th, as well, that very night, we have Catch Wrestling World Champions. Uh, there'll be a tournament-based Josh Barnett, former UFC heavyweight champion of the world, to be there. Also, by the way, Josh will probably be on our show in the next you know, three or four weeks to promote the event. We just have to set the time. Probably, Tom, when you come back from... The Philippines, awesome. right, because it, it'll be yeah. tough to squeeze him in there. Uh, that Sunday, Catch Wrestling Seminar, 9 p.m. at Primal Gym. August 11th, the big Primal fight, MMA fight night at the Showboat Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. And we will be in the Bourbon Room, which is the former House of Blues. 
Uh, so that's going to be a big event. Seats up to, you know, 600, 1,000 people. Uh, so if you're a uh, competitor and you're looking to compete and showcase your talents in Atlantic City, it's a great venue, great place to be. Um, September, October, we'll be doing a, uh, a Pro-Am uh, boxing event. That will take place at the showboat as well. Uh, that date is to be determined. When I go down to the showboat to finalize some paperwork uh, on Thursday, I'll probably pick a date. And then November 3rd, I'm getting tired here, a Primal MMA Fight Night 2 at the showboat in Atlantic City. Um, all that's on PrimalFightPromotions.com. Uh, so you can find all the information or PrimalGymNJ.com or our Facebook page. You can check all that out. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. But I have to get that out because I have a tendency not to kind of talk about what's going on. Um, so You're kind of becoming like Don King. I know. I know it's ridiculous. Just constant promoting. But, hey, it's got to be done. That's why we're here, Tom, to promote everything primal, you know. Um, so I, I got to the story. So a couple – I don't know. I think my knee up like um, – Maybe a year ago, I was you know, feeling great, and I was just killing the tie kicks. And I guess I hyperextended my knee, you know, and uh, it, the knee really hasn't been the same for about a year. So being on the mat and wrestling has been limited. Uh, I think it was even bothering me in Ireland last year when I was out there, getting up off the mat, and, and the compression of my heel to my butt seems to cause an issue. So I went to the um, – I might have mentioned last year. I went to the doctor like two weeks ago. Did I talk about this last week? I don't remember. And then – I think it was on the show that, that went in the bin. Oh, that was it. Okay. Well, then no one ever heard it. So then well, they the go there. Down, yeah. They check it. You know, they, they move your knee around. And essentially what they do is they take this gigantic needle and they stick it in your knee. And they suck out all this fluid because I guess there was fluid on the knee. And it is like urine. It's a very dark yellow. And, I put, and the knee felt great for a couple of days. <clears throat> and it was starting to annoy me again. So I had to go for a fall. And by the way, I waited like an hour and a half to see this doctor. I go yesterday, again, waiting an hour. And then I, I just had to bail. I had to run out and say I have to make another appointment because I had, you know, clients come in and other appointments. It's very, I don't know how it works over there. But, man, you wait here forever. They overbook. You know, they book, let's say, 10 people an hour, knowing they can only reasonably see five or six. You know, because people don't yeah. show up. but. But my knee feels pretty good. I did a lot of pad work. I posted some pad work I did with Scrap last night on Facebook. But it was, uh, anyway, I had to cruise. But uh, who knows? But uh, we'll see what happens. The knee feels better, but it's not 100%. It seems to be taking a long, long time. I don't know if this happens when you become older <laughs> as a fighter, an ex-fighter. You know, I remember it Tackett said, I've shared that. this before. Tim Tackett said to me when I turned 40, uh, we were out somewhere. He goes, McCann. How old are you? And I said, I'm 40. He goes, you'll never feel any better than you do now. <laughs> but very optimistic view from Tim Tack. <laughs> so anyway, but um, uh, we, anyway, let's get our guest. You want to get our guest on? You want to introduce him? You have an intro? Or... I can yeah, I just, just on that point, someone said to me, they said, like, your body looks after you till you're 40. And after you're 40, you need to look after it. Oh, that's good. Clever. I didn't yeah, know. I like I've that. never heard that. And it's true, man. It's really true. I mean, um, I work out just as hard, but I have to, you know, work around things a little bit more and move. Yeah, around. that kind of thing. Train but, smart. Tra- well, so, I, never, I never did that. I just would go. And go. So, so this week's guest. Um, so I, I had the pleasure of spending uh, quite a lot of time over the last uh, couple of years with this gentleman. Um, drinking whiskey and setting the world to rights, uh, talking about martial arts with uh, our good friend Dennis Blue. 
Um, he's an instructor in the Wednesday night group out in California. Um, uh, so well versed in Jeet Kune Do, works with um, MMA fighters. He's he's written um, a lot of uh, published articles on uh, JKD, and um, he he maintains the website and the online kind of um, training videos for both the Wednesday night group and Chinatown Jeet Kune Do, who, who, who are affiliated to the Wednesday night group. Mm-hmm. Um, so without further ado, Fair let me introduce you. Mike Blesch. Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me. Mike, th- thanks for coming back. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Mike on, and we had technical difficulties, so the show never aired. And uh, so we asked Mike to be back, because he's got a lot of interesting takes on stuff. And uh, so that's why you're here, Mike. I'm glad you can make your parents clear out your schedule to come back on today. I know you're a busy man. I'm really not. <laughs> you're really not. <laughs> well, you should, you should be selling it. Like, I, I squeezed you in and don't normally have this kind of time, you know. Last time we spoke to you, Mike, we kind of, uh, Jim put to you that you're, uh, you like to be the gray man. The guy that kind of is in the background and doesn't like to have notes on the website. You haven't got a photo up there, and um, you, you're kind of uh, you, 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 you've always been doing your thing and with these guys, but you, but you, you you don't put yourself out there. You're not sort of uh, commercially orientated like that. You don't like the limelight. Would that be correct to say? Uh, it's correct, and probably to my own detriment. I probably should be more out there, but I, I just you know it's not me. No, he's got us. Socially retarded. I'm just Yeah, but Mike's and he's really talented. Like I knew him for years, <clears throat> and I never actually saw him do any goddamn JKD or any training. You know, I just never. You were always there in the background, hanging out, but I never actually. And then I, I don't know if I was there. I, saw, I forget if I was at the garage. You did, or maybe I saw it on video. I was like, goddamn, Mike can really move, but he kind of keeps it quiet. So he's an introvert. Yeah, it was. It was similar to me for me as well because I, I I hadn't seen Mike in training and then we were sat around talking and it's like this guy knows everything because he's been soaking up that knowledge right. he's seen all the videos and he's had to think about putting putting those videos into a context where they can be consumed by a viewer anyway we're going to get onto that stuff in a bit but um, so Mike yeah, so, how did so, you I'm sorry and we kind of touched on the last time but we'll, we'll hit it again can you. Tell us the story of how you came upon Tackett and the Wednesday night group, how that happened, and uh, and how you kind of became a part of it. Sure, yeah. When I was a teenager, we moved from the L.A. area to a little bit inland to Redlands, California. Mm-hmm. Turned out that's where Tim Tackett lived, and that's... so there was kind of a, a network around him. People that, and in the case of guys like Jeremy Lynch, that mm-hmm. actually moved out here for the sole purpose of being near Tackett. Yeah, right. Crazy. So I get here and I had, I had tried other martial arts. Like I tried a, there was a gym that was teaching kind of a, a blend of American kickboxing and Muay Thai. And the teacher was, I mean, just awful. This guy could not teach beginners. Um, tried that, you know, obviously didn't stick with it. Uh, and then there was a, a sort of a, a a fight downtown here in in Redlands, uh, where a couple guys pulled a knife on Dennis Blue and he just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There was another Wednesday night group instructor that was there that was part of that too. But um, yeah, I don't want to get too much into that. But yeah, that was how I heard about the Wednesday night group. Mm. And then a friend of mine was training with Jeremy Lynch, and this was like right 
I don't know, maybe like 1995 when he had just become an instructor maybe a year or two before and he was training in his backyard here. And, uh, yeah, my friend took me over there and I'm watching Jeremy work out and I don't know if you guys probably didn't meet him when he was really in his physical prime, but he was really, really athletic and he was doing some crazy shit. And I, I'm sitting there watching him and just going, man, if that's JKD, like, the, you know, I can't do that. So I, I kind of took <clears throat> off and didn't come back for about eight years. Wow. And then when I was like 22 or 23, I got in touch with Tackett. And it was just, you know, I had, I had kind of seen the need in life for real, you know, some kind of real self-defense training. And I thought, well, who better than these guys, you know? Sure. And, uh, yeah, that was how I got into it, started training with Jeremy. And you, would you train in Jeremy's backyard? Yeah, he's he's been doing that for probably yeah since ninety four, ninety five in mm. his backyard, different locations. Small group, but yeah, kind that's, of thing, that's like how Inter-Santa, he's always done it. Yeah. So that was good. So how long were you there before you actually? You still so how long was it before you went to the garage? That was two years after, or a year and a half after I'd been with Jeremy training. Um, right. I had met Tackett before that. Mm-hmm. He came by a couple of my private training sessions oh, with Jeremy. Wow. Were you nervous? And then uh well not at that point, not yet. Because he was real friendly at that point. You know, I wasn't <laughs> in point. the garage. I was like uh, now he's grumpy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, I wasn't being criticized yet. But I did go to I did go to the Wednesday night group and when I got there there I was definitely nervous because but, there was Bob Bremer, uh Tim Tackett, wow. Jim Sewell. And for me, I mean I'm kind of a I don't like to be put out there to begin with mm-hmm. and I wasn't totally sure of what I was doing yet. And that, that was a little bit intimidating, but eventually I got over it. Right. Right. So, so when you were in front of them, did they correct your technique or criticize you or critique you rather be the word? Um, tack it corrected. Although I think by that point, maybe I was a little bit further along than gotcha. I knew. Mm-hmm. So I had, you know, if you do, if you train with somebody privately a couple times a week, for two years, you, you know, you get, you at least kind of know what you're doing sure. and you get good. You know, I maybe accident. wasn't the most efficient, but right. I, I at least knew exactly what material was being taught, how right. it should be performed, right. all that kind of stuff. And, and definitely there was, there were times where Bob and especially Jim Sewell would come over and he would, they never really taught the way Tackett taught, right? They weren't professional educators like Tackett. Yeah. Um, so their thing was more, if you were doing something wrong, you would hear from them. Um, <laughs> so a lot of it was them just kind of watching you, you know, just kind of glaring, which is, so you never really, yeah. when you're sitting well, there and they're, they're going, Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Yeah. I, I thought that until I would say like I had been there for maybe a year and Jim came over to me and he said, uh, something like he, he made a comment about how hard I was hitting. And he, and he oh, said, nice. uh, you know, I was criticizing my own technique and he said, well, if you hit somebody that hard, it's not going to matter what the technique's like, you know? So he's right. He's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So what was, so when did you make the move just to go and attack it solo? I mean, was that a, a natural progression or did you leave Jeremy at all? Or were you still Jeremy student? You just kind of sub, you know, added that into your training by going to the garage or was there like a split up? No, not at all. Um, there was a, 
I think there was a point where I just became comfortable going there yeah. and I didn't really need to be invited anymore. I think Tackett may have even said, Hey, you know, you're Why welcome you come? to come anytime you want. Yeah. And, uh, the, as you guys know, the, the Wednesday night group has always been kind of a, there's training for two hours and then there's a party afterwards. And I think the party was the real reason that it, the whole thing, you know, came together. And, uh, so I, I took part in that and then that kind of got me, you know, friendly with everybody. Oh, yeah. Okay, Tom. I, I, I wanted to ask, because I never got to train with him. What are your memories of Bob? Well, the see, the thing for me when I got there, the fact that I was already kind of shy about, you know, being out there and, and being judged by these guys, what I wasn't shy of doing was going over to him and talking. And I talked to him, and we turned out we had a lot of shared interests and hobbies and things. And he was just a really cool guy. So, I mean, I talked to him at length for probably the the two or three years that he was there before his health kind of got bad. Um, I mean, that was what I spent the majority of time doing was talking to Bob. And we did interviews with him. And, yeah. and you know, he did to me what he did to a lot of people is I was asking him a question and – he just broke into, ah, I'll show you what Bruce Lee would do. And he did the hammer principle on me. Mm. And I don't think he was, I mean, he's an old man already. And I think he's probably still quicker than anybody I've ever seen. As far as that opening shot, he was really, really quick. He was pretty yeah. excellent. Now, when you got to know Bob, I mean, did you ever ask him like, why was it just his personality that he didn't kind of go out there and, ex and open up his own gym or go on its tours? I mean, you know, uh, teaching seminars, he really just kind of kept it rather private. I mean, did he even talk to people that he trained with Bruce Lee at the supermarket or something, you know? <laughs> well, he didn't even like to have his photo taken. So if you go back and look at a lot of the old Chinatown photos, he's yeah. in a couple of them, but there's a lot where he was there and he's just not in the photo, I right, think. Right, he just stepped out of the um, Or maybe if he knew it was picture day, he didn't show up. But he, <laughs> he was there. I think he missed three classes in the, the two and a half years that the Chinatown school was open. He was right. there for all but two or three courses, I think. But that's pretty amazing. You know, and then he talked yeah. about, you know, when we were out there, Tom, I don't know if you're out there. I don't recall. We were out there for, um, I guess one was his birthday. We went to that China, Chinese restaurant or something like that. And the other one was his yep. memorial service. And yep. uh, Linda Lee had some really nice things to say about Bob. It's on YouTube, I believe. Both, right? The memorial service yeah. and the China, and, oh, yeah. and that birthday dinner we went to. And she was very complimentary to Bob. And it's amazing to me because when I talk to people about Bob, how many people haven't heard from him. Ian Asanto mentions him in, his, in his, a couple of his books, I believe. And uh, he's just kind of like a, a little bit of a surprise. And then when we go um, to, uh, you know, do some of our JKD, when we have someone come from another gym, it's dramatically different it's nothing they've ever seen you know not better or worse just different there's you know more of concept based stuff like that so it's rather fascinating what he brought to the table yeah i had mentioned the other day to, to someone i think that um a friend of mine was going to the the legends camp that dan and asanto had going yeah, and he yeah. said yeah they're most of the guys there have no idea who tim tackett is who bob bremer <laughs> is you know they they I think in, I mean, to be blunt, they don't really care too much about original JKD. No, no, they don't. So, yeah. They're doing everything, but, but yeah. you guys know, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot there that probably should be more well known, which isn't at this point. Right. Mike, for, 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 um, for those that don't know about 
Wednesday night group JKD. Obviously, it's very kind of familiar to Jim and I. But um, could you kind of walk through a bit of the history there? I mean, Bob was supposed to have done perhaps the, the most training or, or the second most amount of hours with, with Bruce on, on a on a personal basis, one to one basis. Is that correct? I think there were a couple guys as far as the um, the actual logs of who was at each, you know, on College Street there. Uh, they were he was like had the third most or whatever it was. Um, but, yeah, he he what ended up happening was a lot of the guys that kind of dropped out uh, when they were they were taken to Bruce's home. They would train on Sundays. It's when he liked to kind of mess around. And uh, the guys, they started out with the group that you see in the picture of, you know, Jerry Poteet, Steve right. Golden, all those guys. And slowly just life or whatever happened and people kind of dropped out. And it ended up where Bob was showing up and he said maybe five or ten times. He got private training all afternoon with Bruce. And uh, that was when they worked on things like the hammer principle, you know, stuff like that. And I think if you look at the Wednesday night group is more than JKD, which probably, again, is not really as well known as it should be. Um, there were a lot of other guys that came through there and combat veterans, things like that, um, that, that really influenced what they were doing. Um, that was all before my time. But I, I think those principles and all of that information, that knowledge, that life experience is still kind of there. Um, but with Bob, it was it almost looked to me like. Bruce was dealing with him the way that he was dealing with James Lee in Oakland. Um, he was kind of focusing on things that he knew were proven to work. Um, and maybe they were even a little more Wing Chun based because Bob had watched a video of, uh, I believe his name is Wang Sheng Lung. Uh, he was a, kind of like the top guy under it, man. Yeah. And uh, he watched him doing, you know, doing whatever it was in an instructional video. And he said, oh, my God, that, that's JKD. He had thought Bruce Lee had invented JKD, you know, that it was just completely his his invention. And yeah. he saw that and thought, man, it, everything is there. And I think maybe some of the other guys wouldn't have thought, you know, everything is there because they may have gotten a little bit different perspective. You know, guys like Ted Wong probably had a little bit. Uh, they were fighting in a different range. They were comfortable in a different range than Bob was. Sure. They, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses and different. That's why you can't cook. You can't uh have a cookie cutter system. I'll give you the step away from this for one half a second is that <clears throat> I have a, a new guy that came in. Uh, his name is Juan and he had bone cancer and it kind of like over his left shoulder and stuff. So he has a lot of the bicep gone really has limited use of his right. Excuse me. Pardon me. His left arm. He can stretch it out a little bit like a T-Rex. <laughs> There's no real reach to it, right? Not to put it. And so he came to the class a couple weeks ago, and he wanted to try it. So what what did we do? So we took we teach him how to do boxing with the with just the right hand, how to cover, how to move, adding kicks and elbows, all predominantly off the right hand. Of course, his right arm is going to have to be super conditioned. And then he came to combatives class. And then we're doing the combatives, and I'm having, I'm, I'm making, you know, shit up on the spot, because it's kind of been presented to me, and allowed him to have success in doing it, and he loved it. He was thrilled. He goes, "This is great." He goes, "I've tried to do this before, but the instructors just said, well, maybe this isn't for you." And that's the beauty of what the JKD is. There are other guys who have met this, and they, it's about you. It's not about that system. And and so this guy now could you know protect himself, learn a few cool things, enjoy working out. Where before he thought it was all over, you know, because he went to Johnny's 
uh, karate school, and uh, because he couldn't do a high block with his left arm, couldn't stay. You know, so it's it just well. There's a there's a lot of that in JKD as well because right. even you know the founder himself said JKD is for one in ten thousand people. Right. Um, so I think there's you know, and it's very much a fighting art, not a self defense art. It's very attribute based. Um, and you know, to me that that's been a huge thing because I'm not. I'm not a real athletic guy in that way. You know, I, growing up, I learned pretty quick. I was not <laughs> as a runner, especially I, I wasn't quick enough to, to really keep up with other people. And I had to always kind of, you know, figure ways around that, yeah. um, playing football or whatever it was. Um, and, uh, yeah, so to me, that's one of, I consider there's two really big things that I learned from Tim Tackett and the Wednesday night group. One of them is how to, how to get beyond that idea of, you know, trying to make people do things the way as if there is one particular right. correct way to do things. And number two was that, that, um, for lack of a, you know, polite term, the bullshit filter. <laughs> you want to explain the bullshit <laughs> filter? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, they were doing this already years and years ago. Tackett right. said, you know, when they would they would have guys come out, and this was right after Bruce Lee had died. Uh -huh. um, they would have guys come out to Inosanto's place or wherever they were, and uh, they would somebody would do a workshop. They would all, you know, they do what the guy wanted, and they did kind of go through the motions, and then afterward they would break it down. And I mean, they would really break it down. If they didn't like it, they would tear the whole thing apart. And they would talk about why everything was no good or why it was good. And I think that was probably the the beginnings of it is that Bruce Lee himself was already doing that. That was kind of, you know, a lot of people think that he was the whatever they want to call it, grandfather of MMA. But the thing was, he didn't really train all those different arts that he looked at. He looked at them, but he didn't spend his time training them all right, right. he was trying to get to the core of each one and figure out okay how do i deal with each one and is there anything that i can pull from each one you know right what's what's at the center of it right. do you think that's so the oh, i'm sorry Jim. no go ahead go 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 what i was going to say was the that's kind of i think where that started and then there were a couple guys that showed up at the wednesday night group um burt poe was the big one that right. that he really put things into into perspective for everybody if he you know a lot like bob bremer if he watched you do something and he thought it wouldn't work i mean he was going to tell you about it and he could show you just like bob he could show you why it wouldn't work um and if you know anybody's interested in him they can look him up on the wednesday night group website but i think that's kind of the combination where that really came from and the phrase that we've been using is jkd filter Right. I wrote an article called the JKD filter. Mm -hmm. And what that really means is it's bullshit filter. Right? Um, right. There was a famous educator that Tackett likes to quote. And his quote was something along the lines of a good education should serve as a built in bullshit detector. And that really, like I said, if there were there were really two big lessons for me. And that was that was definitely one of them. Right. And no, yeah. No, Tackett Tack, was talking about how, you know, in, in the sort of. Um, 60s and 70s journalism in the US, how, how everything would be challenged and they'd, they'd find out things like, you know, all, all the scandals that went on with Nixon these days that, you know, jur journalism today, that they don't have that bullshit filter and they just go along with whatever the party line is. Um, and and I, I think that is something when you, when you see like mass control of the media, 
I, I think it, it, you know, we all need to have that bullshit filter to question what what is being fed to us through news channels, et cetera, et cetera. I know Gene would relate to what I've just said in the studio. <laughs> well, in American high schools, they used to offer critical thinking courses. You could take that as an elective. You know, right. mass media, critical thinking, all that, that is that is all gone. It's all gone, point. all gone, yeah. without a doubt. There, there is a conspiracy, and you know, we were going to do a show on conspiracies one day, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, of how they, they've tried to dumb down the education system over there because all the hippies were getting a bit too crazy and thinking, you know, <laughs> where will that lead? So is this happening <laughs> in the UK, Tom? Oh, I think we're always one step behind you guys. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're dumbing things down for sure. Oh, no, Dad, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. Who, who knows? Who the hell knows what the heck's going on? Yeah, we did that conspiracy show a couple of years ago, which was great. And I have a couple of the gentlemen here in the room. We might bring them back. It was entertaining because I learned about all kinds of things, like the old Negro space program, which is – I've told people about that. And they're like, what did you just say? I said, I swear to God, you got to look this shit up. But these guys are – and then, you you know, you're listening to them talking. Oh, my God, there's so many connections. Then I find myself in the middle of the night watching, you know, these uh, Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime conspiracy theory show. And then you don't want to go outside. You don't want to eat any food. You know, I want to cl- climb under a rock and live in the woods. You know, so no one can find me. Yeah, so it starts to become, you know, crazy thinking, you know. But anyway. Like, like Mike live in the woods. Mike, Mike <laughs> lives in his apartment. He doesn't leave the room. If I, if I could pull it off, I probably would. Right. Isn't that I've weird? Been, isn't I know that exactly what you're talking somewhat? about. I've been down that rabbit hole many times. Right. I do find it, like, because my job at whatever I do is predicated upon the fact that I can communicate and teach and sort of be on stage all day. You know, I'm one client after the next. I got people, phone calls. I got to be, you know, like Richard fucking Simmons, like happy-go-lucky without the shorts, you know, and just keep talking to people and go, oh, come on in and do this. I'm on the radio. And then, you know, I go to a, I go to a party. I'm like, like I said, I just, I don't want to be there. I want to be climbing a rock. But you know what appeals to me is living in the woods by myself, hunting for dinner. You know, I don't know why. Is that because I'm socially disconnected? Who knows? Tom, do you ever fantasize about living in the woods? Uh, would that appeal to you being a hermit never (laughs) yeah i could i could definitely go off and live on an island somewhere we get we're getting way off way off (laughs) that's okay proper tangent too that's all right that's all right mike why do you think why do you think the garage was such a big draw for for martial arts i mean what it was it was a garage in redlands california it wasn't in downtown la it wasn't in Hollywood. Why, why, why were so many people drawn to going and training there? Why did it become kind of a mecca for martial artists and combatives guys uh, in like I, the 80s? I really have no idea. I mean, I'm, I'm going to probably say I think it's the, the Dan and Asanto connection probably brought everybody together. Um, he was, you know, he starting with probably the, um, their work with the NFL players. Uh, that's a pretty big thing. I don't yeah. know if a lot of people know about that, but they're, Randy you know, they were pretty instrumental. And a movie's being made, in fact, I believe, about uh, uh, Bob Ward and Dan Asanto and how they brought martial arts to the NFL. And I think that there was, at that time, and Jim, you probably know this a lot better than I do, but, um, you know, I was a kid in the 80s, but at that point, the pre-internet, Things were a bit different, and the the world was a little bit smaller as far as everybody kind of knowing everybody. And, you know, anybody that had anything good, you were probably going to hear about it. 
whether they had a tape with, you know, Panther video or whatever it was, or, yeah. you know, they were out doing workshops in different places. And, uh, yeah, there were a lot of those that I think brought people together, but I, I don't know why things happened the way they did with Tackett's garage, but I'm happy that they did because I've benefited a lot from it. I mean, I've really, to be honest, um, the best thing I've ever done for myself was, was learning JKD and not because I learned, not even the physical part of it. Um, I really picked up, you know, a lot of mental stuff that, um, Bob explained it as, you know, there's, you do all this physical training, but the, what you're really getting is mental. And, yeah. and that's how it's kind of been for me is it's kind of filled a lot yeah. of holes for me. And, and it has put that, that kind of critical thinking, um, aspect into everything I do. And, you know, that probably, is why we did the um, the online training stuff. If you guys want to talk about that, yeah, too. absolutely. So how did that? So, so that came to fruition because of what you were just explaining, right? I mean, did, were you talking well, about it for years? Was this something that was going on in your head and Steve and Tacken, and you just, or did you just kind of have one day have a brilliant idea and go ahead and do it? No, no, we were Jeremy and I were working on videos years before that, um, and we didn't. I had the idea of doing like a DVD club and he didn't really particularly like that idea. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really until Steve showed up, Steve Marcel, that, that <clears throat> things really kind of were able to get going in the way they did. Um, but what I think it was, was we were, the Wednesday night group was expanding a lot. I mean, you guys were kind of already there, but the, yeah. uh, you know, there were a lot of new people coming in and I think what was happening was, there, it's really difficult in any kind of large organization to have quality control or to have, right. you know, especially in JKD, there is no standardized curriculum, right? So everybody's kind of doing things a little bit differently. And it got to the point where we would get people that would come to the garage or they would email or call or whatever it was. And they would ask why we were doing things either in person or on video differently than their teacher did it. If their teacher's a, you know, full instructor with the Wednesday night group, why is it, why does it look so much different? And that kind of gave us the idea of, okay, well, let's do the next best thing to creating a curriculum, which is we'll create a series of videos within the attempt, you know, as an attempt to kind of preserve what was taught in the garage. And that was the only reason we created Chinatown JKD. Um, and we did it under a different name because it is a for-profit enterprise. The Wednesday night group has been nonprofit for, you know, what, 45 years now? <laughs> So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was why that was how all of that came about. And I think we tried to really we tried to really put into it a lot of what was, you know, the things that were passed on in the garage, although I'm not sure how effectively you can really do that over video. Well, you guys did a great. Did, how did it start? So when you decided, OK, this is a good idea. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And we're going to move. How? What's the first step? The first step was me and Steve. Uh, we got together with Jeremy. We kind of went over what we considered to be all the core, the fundamental techniques of JKD. And these were out of Tackett's uh, notes or this was off the top? Yeah. Of so you went through the no, notes? No, we were, we were sitting in his living room writing down, just making a, a, a plain list of, okay, here are the techniques that we think should be. If there were a curriculum, these would be in it. This right? would be in it. And, and what happened from there was Steve and I started meeting up every uh, maybe a couple times a week and we would meet up in Claremont, California in this little nice downtown area and we would kind of hang out there and just talk through 
everything from what to name it to, you know, how are these things going to be formatted, mm-hmm. um, all of that stuff. And that was kind of like the second phase of it where we really put together maybe, I don't know, 50 pages of lesson plans, notes, all that kind of thing. And then the third part was we actually went and started trying to get it down on video, which was a big challenge, as you know. I mean, when, especially when you don't have funding, um, it's really hard to you're kind of learning on the job and you're just doing it with whatever you have available. You know, whatever equipment you've got, it's what you do it with. Right. And uh, so that was how it kind of came about. And then luckily we were able to get we had Tackett involved from the beginning, but we were able to get Dennis Blue to help us out as well. Mm-hmm. And he was a big help. I mean, if you've looked at the level three stuff from Chinatown, JKD, it's yeah. all him. Yeah, no, I, right. um, Dennis is is brilliant. Now, was was there ever like a, um, a serious discussion or a struggle, for lack of a better word, that you thought something should belong in the curriculum and someone said, no, it doesn't belong in the curriculum? Any head, Any head bumping? Not really, no. I mean, we we never really had any anything like that. I think we all pretty much agreed on what should be in there. Yeah. I think the formatting was a little bit different. Like some people wanted, you know, more um, combination based stuff in there, like making people learn different combinations, and then for testing purposes, having them be able to kind of play that back to you, right? Yeah. Like, hey, show me one, two, three. Show me you know, these different combinations. And I wasn't too keen on that, but mm-hmm. there is a little bit of that in there. Right. Um, I think what we've got is about 25 hours, a little more than 25 hours, uh, which a lot of people too. look at and go, you know, well, how the hell are you making 25 hours worth of JKD videos? But JKD is, in fact, I think Jerry Poteet called it complicated simplicity. Right. Um, so, it, you know, there's a lot to each individual part of it right there is you know there may not i'm sorry i'm sorry go ahead i go back and still go back and watch you know dvd one lesson one i've been doing this shit a long time so a matter of fact it was about a week ago i went on the on the i I own both the dvds and 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 of course a member of the thing but i go back and watch the first the first thing the baijong stance you think i would know it by now right but you you need to go back and revisit those basics over and over again and get real good at them you know, when Steve Servillo, uh, who's been with me for like 25 years, um, we uh, just uh, Wednesday morning, we trained for a couple hours. And then what we did was uh, we worked all the basic simple moves and then we explored and pressure tested some ideas and thought processes and stuff. We picked it up. But initially, the first half hour was, you know, real basic stuff that you could teach someone right out of the shoe. You know, people get really excited. I'll, I'll tell you, when I go to a seminar. I'll show this neat entry in this you know, throat strike or something that would end the fight. And then you show them like a complicated move that might be three or four deep, or maybe an upside down knee bars. And that's what they want to know. <laughs> they don't want to know that simple thing that takes, takes the guy out right away. I actually was at a seminar. Tom, you may have heard me share this. And I forget what I did. I came in, finished a fight like in two moves, bat, bat. And then, um, and then this guy comes up to me, maybe Filipino-based or something like that, and he goes, well, can you do this? It was like five or six moves deep before he got to what I did. And then he goes, well, can you do this? I said, well, yeah, you can do that. I said, I'm just not that good. I have to kill the guy right away. <laughs> Try to get it, right? <laughs> Meaning you are overcomplicating this shit, you know, and that sells DVDs, tapes, and YouTube views, but it has nothing to do with reality. So. No, and that that's kind of the that ties right into what what I'm 
working on right now, which is probably something we should talk about later. But the idea being that um, you don't need to expand the, the material to constantly be looking for new ways to get better at what you're already doing. Right. Right. Whether it's new drills, new, new training methodology, whatever that may be. I think that that's really the key with JKD is not adding, but just refining and kind of whittling away. Right. Right. They're whittling away. I'm afraid Steve and I were, excuse me, having that conversation. And I was saying, you know, the longer I've been doing this, the more crap I'm getting rid of. Well, it's my BJJ catch wrestling, you know, it's cool to know a lot of stuff, but in my own personal expression, all of that, I'm just keep whittling away and whittling away, you know, mm-hmm. and for simplicity, trying to change things to, you know, that one, one or two quick moves into self-defense. Now, boxing, it's sport, obviously, is a little different scenario, but as far as the self-defense or combatives or JKD, you want to make it as simple as possible. The more complicated, the less likely it is that it's going to succeed, you know. One one thing I always got from or I got from Tackett, which I quite like. Um, he said, "There's no such thing as advanced JKD. It, Ooh, it, it's all of it simple, but there's advanced drills. So you you can do much. You, you can adjust drills, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and add add components to those drills that test out how well you can do that stuff. But you still want it to be simple and direct in in the same way as you were describing, Jim. Right, right, Mike. If you went back." To redo the Chinatown set, would you do it? Like, if you could go back and look at it and go, you know, geez, I would have done it this way. Because I know I do that all the time when I've done stuff. I said, ah, oh, shit, I would have taken this out or added this, which can be uh, quite a rabbit hole, as we say. <laughs> Definitely. There, there's quite a lot I would change. And I think, honestly, doing those those videos and then having people show up here in California from all over the world, honestly, to, to do the, the rank testing and to, you know, people that were interested in doing, being part of our instructor development camps and things like that. Um, It changed my whole philosophy of how you should, or how I should teach. And we kind of approached it as, well, let's, let's get everything into this one big library, right? Let's give people this big library of information because I was coming from the point of view of myself when I was training with Jeremy in the beginning, the biggest thing that I could have gotten was a reminder once I got home of what we did in the class, right? Like if there had been a video of the class, if there had been some kind of a reference manual to go back to, because, you know, you leave class, you do a lot of stuff, you forget a lot of things. So that was kind of my motivation doing it. It was, yeah, let's get all the the good stuff down. You know, let's have this big library available to people for, for a low price and go, If I were to go back and do it now, I would focus more time on a much smaller amount of information. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I completely have started focusing on more teaching people how to train themselves or how to teach themselves Mm -hmm. rather than me teaching them. I mean, I think that, again, that's probably a little bit longer conversation, but I'm definitely moving, moving that direction. And, and and you can do a whole nother series of JKD stuff. Will it be combative stuff or just? Well, it's going to be JKD. Uh, the, the thing that I'm working on right now is we're calling it JKD Edge. And what it really is, is it's the it's that filter we talked about. It's the, the JKD mindset, uh, applying that to whatever it is you're doing. 
So it's not a concept kind of approach. It's we're not adding a bunch of stuff or we're not even really telling you what techniques you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, everybody knows, especially if they have, you know, uh, competitive fighters that they work with or if they've fought themselves like, you know, I know you have, Jim. Yeah. You pr- you've learned pretty quickly what's effective, right? Boxing is effective. Wrestling oh, yeah. is effective. Um, and then depending on the format you're in, maybe some BJJ, whatever it may right, be. Sure. Um, but you figure that out pretty quick. So once you've got that, then if you have that JKD, that kind of critical thinking, and what it really comes down to, to me, is prioritizing your training time because right. that's so limited and so valuable. Um, that's really what I'm trying to do with this JKD Edge program is give coaches and guys that own gyms already who don't have, you know, they don't have a decade to, to become a full instructor in JKD and nor do they want to. They're not interested in Chi Sao. They're not interested in, you know, a lot of the sort of the um, historical material. So what I'd like to do is really promote the kind of the the way of thinking about things. And and I think ultimately, like like I said, it kind of leads you to the same place anyway, because there are only so many things the human body can do and so many things that are going to be effective. Right, right. right. And how you, I mean, that's a huge undertaking. Uh, um Good Lord, have you started on the project yet? Are you already on the way or is it? Yeah, we actually did. Uh, I'm going to meet meet up with uh, Dennis Blue tonight. Um, maybe even outside of the Wednesday night group class. Uh, And we're going to work on, I gave him an example of what I thought kind of the lessons should begin with. And I think what we're going to start with, it's going to be purely a, uh, it's going to be for current instructors only. So if you're if you're already a Wednesday night group instructor, Chinatown JKD um, will happily include you in this program. And it's going to go over really coaching material, how to develop yourself into a good coach. And then ultimately, what again, what I kind of mentioned before and what I really want to get into is training people how to train themselves and others. Yeah, which is. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I've seen a lot of and I'm sure you have Mike and Tom, real talented guys. You know, but their ability to communicate is less than stellar and to get the thought across, you know, so that's that's a whole art in itself. And it can be learned. And some people do it more naturally than others. But that's very difficult. I've seen that time. Like I'll watch someone do something, whether it's on YouTube or on a DVD or something. I watch these guys teach us. And there's a whole bunch of elements just completely missing out of the equation. And uh, so you're that's what you're going to try to communicate then. Give a man a Definitely. fish and, and he can fish for a day or he can eat for a day. Give a man a fishing rod and he can uh, feed his family for years. There you go. Yeah. And, That's you know, Tom, something that, that Tom had brilliant. brought up with me before um, <laughs> was that the idea of can can you really learn from an online program? And even yes. the term online training is kind of, uh, you know, not action. really a, an actual thing. You can't train online. Right. right. You can get you can have a, a reference library something to pull from and that question always comes up as you know can people really learn this way and it it reminds me of something you said which is i had a guy that was training with me privately and i don't know what he had done he had done maybe some kung fu whatever it was and he was the kind of guy you could show him any technique and in five minutes he could do it well enough to to use it in the fight or at least in sparring right Right, and he's the one of the few people I've ever come across that are that way. I mean, there were stories about Bruce Lee like that, where somebody would show him something, um, and then a week later he'd come back and he'd be better at it than they were. That's great. You know, so there are those people out there, and I think those people benefit greatly from having that 
that kind of reference library, you know, they do really well with the online training. And we had a guy from Germany uh, by the name of Christian Clues. I'm yeah. probably pronouncing his name wrong, yeah, but Christian. you guys both know him. Yeah. Um, he showed up in California and was really, really good. He had been doing JKD for a while already, but he studied those videos for, I think, three years before he showed up. And he was just really phenomenal. I mean, he was really one of the best that we've ever had. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, he's very good, Christian. He, he, he came from a Win Chung background. I remember the first time I was kind of training with him. The fourteen set in um, Atlantic City, and he was he was do, doing the kind of stuff we do, but he was doing the Win Chung chain punch, which you wouldn't really see our guys doing much. But um, he's really come on leaps and bounds. There's an interesting story with him where he'd um, his, his he didn't he didn't particularly want to teach martial arts and um his teacher just up and left the school one day and said like yeah. well, you're in the, you're in the hot seat wow and he had to sort of take over and um uh, fortunately he's really flying the flag very well for for uh, the wednesday night group right. in china town right. jkd i never heard that story about his instructor just leaving town yeah the guy just up and vanished no kidding i've had that through the years too guys who were there and pretty talented then all of a sudden they're they're gone. Who knows what the hell happened to them? So how long till this, Mike, how long till this comes out? Is there a set date, an idea, or is this going to be a while? Bad. No, I think the first part of it, that instructors only or the instructor development part of it, will probably, I would think four or five months from now, we're going to have a few things out at least. You know, you'll be yeah. able to go on a website. It'll just be jkdedge.com. Be able to go on there and you know sign up that's and great. get as long as you're kind of an approved person, right? It, like anybody that's already an instructor under you guys, that's a you know Wednesday night group or somehow affiliated, we'll probably even let some people from other JKD groups in as well yeah. if they're interested. Right. Um, but yeah, that that kind of that is really the result of what I've learned, I think, from the Chinatown program. How now when you? Because this fascinates me. When you finish, let's say, that writing up, whatever, do you bounce that off of someone else? Do you say, hey, Tom, take a look at this. What do you think? Uh, I do that with Dennis Blue quite a bit. He's kind of my my real you know, filter of I know right away just by the look on his face if what I'm giving him is worth anything or not. Right. Uh, <laughs> luckily for me and for my ego, it usually he's pretty on board with everything that I've, you know, that right. I throw out there. So he doesn't complicate um, it for you then. I'm sorry. Dennis doesn't comp overcomplicate it for you. No, no, no. He will. He I'm will shocked. Break down honestly, and sh I was expecting he will him shit to all over be a pain in your ass. So good. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way. Somebody could be a pain in the ass. No, it's true because I'll have an idea, whatever it might be. And then I know when I'm like you, I'm, I know when I'm pretty much there and I don't filter myself when I come out with an idea, I'll pre whatever it is, I'll filter, I'll do it. And then I chisel it down. You know, here's the big picture. And I'm going to chisel it down to whatever it might be to whatever uh, I like, but I've often thrown the idea out of people and then immediately, well, here's the 20 things wrong with it. Here's what I would do, you know? And then I sit, I ponder it and I go, well, they don't know, obviously know what the fuck they're talking about and do what I want to do anyway. Um, because, you know, often you know, they just, I'm, I'm, well, I'm glad to hear that Dennis, Dennis is on board with you. <laughs> I think, well, you should do this, you should do this. So no one's ever done that to you? Not really. I mean, I, I, 
I think my uh, my approach has always kind of been I'm going to do what I want, and if people don't like it, they can tell me, right. and, and I will happily go, go on my way and you know not bother them anymore. Right. I'll never um, ask you this question again. Never really happened that way. It's yeah. always kind of been that. You know, what I did, I think I always, you know, I like to believe I've always had the interest of the group at heart. And right. I've tried to always, you know, do things that I think will benefit the group. And if it benefits me in addition to that, great. My angle, um, and it you... definitely has. I mean, no, I've no doubt. Just being a part of things and, and being kind of behind the scenes with Tackett and Dennis Blue and Jeremy and even you guys. I mean, I've learned all kinds of stuff. I remember when you, Jim, you came to our, our commercial gym that we had in yeah. uh, Upland, California, yep. and you did a ground combatives workshop, and I recorded all of that. Yeah. And I remember there was, you know, stuff in there that – and it kind of goes back to the first time I met you when you came to the to the garage and Bob was there as I was telling those guys uh, – Jim McCann looks like he came out of the garage. I mean, he looks like a guy that was trained by Tackett and Remmer and, you know, so he, that you fit in right away. Right. You know, right. That, that was, it, 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 it was right great. Yeah. No, I, and I, everyone was very welcoming, welcoming. And it was, it was, you know, it was weird. Cause that first time I go in there too, you know, like you said, Tackett, it's like, yeah, Tackett, Sewell and, uh, and Bremer just sitting there and you're like, Holy shit. You know, what do I do? And, Hopefully, what I do is 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 fine. Uh, but yeah, it was very. Right. And you actually put that for anyone who gives a darn. But I've, I use that because you did a great job filming it and editing it and putting some cool tunes behind it. It's out there on YouTube, and I get a lot of people yeah. say, "Hey, I saw this. It looks like it was great." But woman, they you know call me for whatever. So that was that was great. That was you know. We had I think night. I think there was like a lot of great martial artists in the in the Wednesday night group, but not necessarily lots of great. Um, business people or technology people <laughs> and um That's an mike, mike has filled that hole in the group oh, and no, i know no. i know everyone's very appreciative of the work that he's done you know keep keeping that group alive and, and making sure that it's bigger than just california you right. know that's the base but there's you know there's people all over the globe like me drinking tea in england who, who massively benefit from the stuff those guys do right i would have so to good, say if, keep if, up the good work mike if mike and yeah, I guess, I, and i think okay. uh Tackett is really lucky to have you guys, especially you, Tom. I mean, you and I had conversations, like you mentioned, late at night, and we were talking JKD, martial arts in general. And, I mean, again, you kind of – you already have that, the mental part of it. You know, you and I haven't trained together technique-wise, but I know that you understand what it is that the Wednesday Night Group is all about. And, you know, that that really has made its way out to the guys even, you know, all the way across – all the way in the United Kingdom, um, you know, Germany, everywhere, really. And that's probably been the biggest thing for me is the the most satisfying thing is that I get to meet, you know, guys like that from all over the world. And, you know, even if I don't get to train with them all that often, just being able to talk like we're doing now is, is always really helpful for me. And kind of uh, it's part of my process of really figuring out what it is that I want to do and, and what makes sense, you know. Right. So yeah. What, yeah. So what's next on uh, for you after this project? Is this going to take up your time for a while or is there something else that you're looking to do? Is there a future endeavor you're going to explore? Well, I've I've kind of worked with some MMA guys a little bit, amateur MMA fighters. Mm-hmm. And and that it is in line with the JKD Edge program. They kind of are the target market for us, really. Gotcha. But. Um, I've been using that as a platform to kind of hone my own teaching ability uh, because those guys are very, you know, they may not have ever been taught anything about 
how to think about martial arts, but because they're in such a hyper competitive environment, mm -hmm. you know, they find out real quick whether things you're showing them work or don't work. Right. right? So um, that's been really good for me and, and just figuring out how to get the message across. And, you know, I have people ask me all the time things like, oh, does JKD work in MMA? And I mentioned to you guys before, I don't really think it's about JKD so much as does I believe it's does the message that you're trying to get across, does that get through to the guys, right? Do they Are they able to look at what I show them and look beyond the technique and go, you know what, that technique may or may not work for me, but I see the principle behind it and why he's showing me this thing. And, you know, that, that's been a really big thing for me is to try to figure out how to get that message across. And I'm hoping that we can we can do that with the JKD Edge program and really push JKD beyond you know, people who are sitting around arguing about original JKD versus concepts or whatever other bullshit they're talking and really get it out to, you know, a bigger, a bigger audience and yeah. kind of help everybody that way. Great. Mm -hmm. Mike, if people, well, I, I don't know if you want, if people need to or want to get a hold of you, how do they find you? Or your are you hitting? <laughs> like the He's in website. a witness Look protection on the program. Night website, you'll find me on there. On what? <laughs> The Wednesday Night Group website. Yeah. Just look up JKD Wednesday Night Group, and you know you'll find me on you'll, there. Right, right. Um, that's great. Yeah, look, I appreciate you coming on the show. It was great, insightful. Appreciate everything you've done for the group because, as Tom was saying earlier, and I didn't get to uh, jump on it, was that as good as the group is, uh, the Wednesday Night Group, uh, they would not have that international exposure without you and Steve and Tackett working on all this other stuff. It just wouldn't exist and reaching you know you know every continent on the earth and it's really uh it's been great i really appreciate all that work i mean i just can't say enough about it no one was doing it and you guys were able to step up to the plate and organize this stuff which is a huge huge undertaking to put all those notes together and put it to make sense in some sort of fashion so i just want to thank you for that um tom do you have anything to promote no i don't think tom can hear me did he tell Oh, what's that, Tom? But was that for Mike or for... for um, it was for you. For uh, some reason, for, you cut out. For whatever reason, you cut out for like a half a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I lost you guys as well. Um, if it's advertising JKD London or RapidArnest.com, um, I'd like to point people towards Chinatown JKD, um, which is the uh, stuff that, that Mike was talking about. We'll have to get Mike back on because a big part of what I wanted to talk about today was sparring tactics. Oh, shit. Um, I and uh, yeah, we, we've we've just not managed to do it because there was so much other great stuff to talk about. Right, so right. Might have to put you back in soon. No, that was... Yeah, I'd love to, and I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I've checked out some of the other people you've had on, and I'm not really in the same league as some of those oh, guys. Well, but yeah, sure. but hopefully we can <laughs> you know we can keep some interesting conversation going. Yeah, no doubt. You know, in the future, speaking, we we've got a, a lot of guests coming up. We have, um, um. David Goggins coming on in the fall, who's a fantastic. He'll be in like November. We got Josh Barnett coming on in a month or so, and and a bunch of other names. I, I don't want, we have to get the final confirmation for these guys coming. But it's more and more people are finding interest in the show for whatever reason. Very niche show, but it, but uh, we're growing, and I appreciate you taking the time. If you need to get a hold of me, find me at primaljimnj.com or uh, primalfightpromotions.com you can get a hold of us at hamiltonradio.net uh, where the show originates from here in uh, 
beautiful Robbinsville, New Jersey, <laughs> if you could ever say that about New Jersey. But anyway, you can also hear us on Spreaker, iHeart, iTunes, Sonos. Uh, we're not on YouTube. We have to pop that back on there at SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa. And uh, when Tom gets a Stitcher working, we'll be on Stitcher. All right, guys, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back next week. Peace out. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.